Shall we begin? Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure? It's time. It's time. Did you just say it's time? Stay calm. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Well, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, hey, wake up. Wake up. It's time to start the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Rebecca. Oh, we do. Very special. And who is that? Melanie McKay from Life eighty eight point five. Welcome to Vent Lab. Oh, you're coming to me. I've lost you guys. Hello, Melanie. Can you hear us? How about now? Can you I, hear us now? I can hear you now. You're kind of cutting in and out. No. Okay, we're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> So we we have you on to tell your story. So each Friday, we've been doing a live stream of Tell Your Story, where everybody takes the time to explain what their story is, whatever that is. And so, Melanie, we have asked you to come on to tell your story. What is it? My story is, I think, just reflective of so many. I just love the idea that you're sharing stories in people's lives, because we all have one. Um, and I just think my story is just one from, and it's ongoing, you know, from, from brokenness to redemption. I think that's the thing that we're all striving to do as we walk this journey called life. You know, we make mistakes, we learn from them, we grow, we, we hopefully grow, we don't make those same mistakes. So, um, I've had an opportunity to live many more years than you guys. So maybe (laughs) you've... Not that many. Come on. <laughs> had a few, had a few more mistakes in my life, and had a chance to learn some bigger lessons. But um, uh, my story uh, started up in Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, don't you know? <laughs> Northland. Yeah, um, that's that's actually where I was born and raised, and pretty uh, pretty normal childhood. Um, uh, all I knew is I hated winter. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Yes. You don't live in North Dakota if you hate winter. You get the Arctic Canadian wind all winter long. Um, North Dakota is flat as can be. We used to say you could watch your dog run away for three days. So it was nothing but wind chills all winter long. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. All, all I could remember is missing school several years in a row on my birthday, which is in March for blizzards. So I just knew that I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be there long. I mean, Fargo's a great place. My whole family still lives there. So I don't want to knock it. The people are amazing, but it, I just, I couldn't take the cold. So, uh, I, I wanted to work my way through college and just get out of Fargo and my, uh, whole life. I thought I wanted to be a meteorologist. Oh, really? Um, yeah. In college, we used to go out and chase storms, follow find tornadoes and have a good time doing that. Um, we were weather spotters for a while in college when we were at the college radio station. Um, but I never had the funds to go away from Fargo to go to college to get a meteorological degree. So my uh, school counselor suggested that I just take a whole bunch of different classes to figure out what I was interested in. And one of those happened to be introduction to broadcasting. Now, I lived at home with my parents while I went to college and a lot of my friends went away. So my freshman year, I was kind of lost trying to find my circle again. So my mom's like, you should get a job on the campus. So I didn't know what to do. And I went to the first day of introduction to broadcasting. And the teacher says, hey, the college radio station needs some DJs and a part-time receptionist. Of course they do. Of course they do. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, a job on campus would be awesome. And I've done the reception thing before. I help my mom at her office all the time in the summer. 
So I was a pretty timid, shy, (laughs) very quiet high schooler. And I walk into this radio station for the first time in my life. And I'm some guy comes up and he says, what are you doing here? My goal. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, I said, well, I'm here to apply for the part-time receptionist job. He said, oh, that's been filled. And he's looking at my resume. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And I turn to leave. And he says, wait, we have all these positions open for on air. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 not me. No, not me. This is not for me. Um, and he kept pushing and pushing. And he's like, it's really easy. All you have to do is just read what's on this paper. That's all you have to do. I'll run the board and everything. Just speak into the microphone. I'm like, so finally I just did it to shut the guy up because he was <laughs> making it so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I left. I'm sure I had sweat through every piece of clothing I had. Thankful that I would probably never hear from this guy ever again in my uh-huh. life. He called the next day. Wow. Yeah, I played, played your tape for our program director and he's really excited. And, you know, when can you start? And I'm like. <laughs> what have I, I got myself uh, into? Well, that, that I have to admit, I kind of went, hey, I must not be too bad. I mean, I mean, call me the next time. I must have some natural thing I didn't know I had, you know? Uh-huh. So went in and started training, and I was probably about into my second week of training. Come to find out, the first gentleman that I spoke to was the student station manager of the radio station. And all he saw on my resume was that I lived in town and the holidays were coming up and his entire student staff was getting ready to go home for the holidays. So he was just looking for a body. I <laughs> <laughs> could fill figure. all these hours. <laughs> that sounds like college radio. <laughs> so, and yeah. Yeah. So that's how my journey in radio started. And so um, you stuck with it there. I, I did. Um, I got to my, so I changed my major from meteorology to TV broadcasting. Huge adjustment. Huge adjustment and was really enjoying that, loving that. My uh, Between my junior and senior year, I got an internship at one of the TV stations in town and absolutely positively hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Like they, they were wonderfully complimentary. They were like, oh, you've got a great chance. You could do this. And I'm like, I hate this. I, it, I, I can't explain why I hated it. I just hated every minute of it. And the people were so nice, but I ju- it just wasn't for me. And then I panicked because here I am going to my senior year and I hate what I have chosen to do. Uh-huh. So I went to my uh, college counselor and he's like, well, you've been working at the college radio station for three years. You're doing weekends at secular stations in town. Have you thought about switching to radio broadcasting? Uh, you get paid to do that? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that really a career? Is that a thing? And so that's really how I got into this this crazy career. And I never would have imagined it would have lasted 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and radio, the, too. Right, and radio. Yeah, I've I've. knock on wood I've never been (laughs) unemployed which is unreal that's a miracle Melanie yeah I've never gone through a sale a firing we'll see (laughs) that story can hold Um, but I think for me the biggest change came when I when I changed formats Um, when I started out in radio the first station I worked at was the college station Mm -hmm. and it was a hundred thousand watt full power station Mm -hmm. it was an NPR news station and we played jazz on the side. 
I had to learn how to say Thelonious Monk. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> Thelonious. <laughs> Thelonious Monk. Um, but it was a great training ground. And from there, like I said, through college, I had jobs at the top 40, at the AC. And then when I graduated, I had an offer right right out of graduation to do middays and promotions at a country station in town, the number one country station in town. In Fargo, country is king. Um, and I can remember the very first day I started the station. I, I was hired out of college by the general manager on a career day. Hadn't even really met the program director. And he was this kind of older, gruff, typical uh, old radio programmer you'd expect at a country station. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went into his office to meet with him and to have an air check and to talk about my middays, he put his elbows on his desk and he leaned forward and he looked at me and he says, don't unpack your stuff. Don't get comfortable. Bob, Bob, that was our general manager. Bob hired you. I didn't. He said, it's my, it's my belief that women have no place in radio except for two jobs. You can either be the receptionist or you can be the giggle box in the mornings. And he says, we have both those positions filled. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, Not that's even kidding a little. Yeah. Um, so it was my determination. I left his office determined to prove him wrong. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, determined to prove that women had a place in radio, a big place in radio. Um, so I've been here 30 years. I think he lasted another 30 months. So, <laughs> so you proved him wrong. No, I proved it wrong. So um, my career was going along great. Um, I, I mean, I just was soaring. I was one of the youngest program directors in the company I was working at. Um, you know, bringing people to the station. We had great advertisers. We were always in the top one, two, or three in the market and sold out every day. And But just something was missing. You know, it just, it just didn't feel fulfilling. It was fun. I can't ever say it wasn't fun but it just wasn't fulfilling and um, I had a girlfriend who invited me to go to a couple bible studies with her and I wasn't shy of going to bible studies I was you know raised in the church you know I was I was Lutheran we went to church Christmas and Easter and you know you you get baptized as an infant and you believe there's a God and that's all there was to it uh-huh. or so I thought um and so she started really challenging me in that. And uh, then one day we were out at an event and I bumped into somebody who considered themselves a Satanist. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of that before. In Fargo, North Dakota? I mean, how many Satanists are there in Fargo, North Dakota? <laughs> and so I just was fascinated, you know? And I'm like, so, so you believe there's a God and you believe there's a devil. I mean, you believe that. Yeah, but you choose, like, it just, it, it kind of baffled me. Uh-huh. And I remember I remember leaving that conversation and thinking, well, this person had been baptized by their parents as an infant mm-hmm. and believed there was a God, but chose another path. And I thought, maybe there's something more to this whole being a Christian thing. Uh-huh. Um, so I really started on this spiritual journey to figure out w- what I believed and, and what I thought was truth. And that's when I bumped into <laughs> Jesus in a really big way. Uh-huh. Hmm. And um, it just, it radically changed my life. And I realized what I was missing in radio was just a bigger purpose in it all. You know, I, I've, I've 
always wanted to have an opportunity to have an impact in people's lives to hopefully in some way not leave them the same as they were or to be able to bring some kind of hope or encouragement you know along the way and and all that came together when I came to understand who Jesus was to me and I started to feel like there needed to be something more that I could do and that's the very first time that I started hearing about Christian radio and it's when Christian music started to finally evolve Uh (laughs) into something maybe worth putting on the radio um and I started hearing the stories of people who, who had their lives literally changed. Um, people who learned to bump into Jesus in a song and find hope in a situation where their marriage was failing, um, where they had had miscarriages, where they had been fighting through infertility and just on and on and on and on. And I knew that that's, that's what I wanted to do, that I, I wanted my job to be about more than making money for a company or uh, having some fun and entertaining people or being funny, I, uh, getting good numbers. I wanted there to be a bigger impact. And so that's when I switched and I flipped over to the Christian music format. And I've been doing this now for 18 of my 37 years. 18 years. What was the biggest change when you switched over formats? <laughs> Honestly, the biggest change was to find out, uh, honest, this is the truth, how critical Christians can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sadly, how critical we can be. Yeah, I mean, the people who are supposed to have experienced the most amount of grace are often the least to extend it. And so I had to, I had to develop a much thicker skin and really know what I believed and know God's word working in Christian radio because there was always somebody there who wanted to argue it with you. Yeah, I think anybody who's in ministry at all would agree with you on that yeah. statement. Yeah, and I really learned to to appreciate a lot of different views and just choose the one the one hill I'm going to die on as a pun. Um, you know, the for me, it's that I believe that Jesus was born a virgin birth. He was sacrificed or died on the cross for my sins, for nothing he did. And he took those to the grave as justification for me. Um, and he was raised again. That's it. That's, that's where I will live and die. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that people will practice their faith. And I really believe that what I do through Christian radio should be a unifying, uh, Avenue should be a place where Christians can come together to celebrate that truth and that fact and not be divided by all the other stuff. Um, I think the church doesn't have the impact on the world it should have today because we're so divided. We're arguing amongst ourselves and we're not doing what God calls us to do, and that's to love his people. Very well said, Melanie. Now, there's all these challenges that come with switching over to Christian radio, but what makes it worth it to you? Oh, well, easily uh, the emails and the stories of people who who just have their lives changed, not by a song, not by me, um, but by an encounter with God through a song or through a moment on the air where just something becomes real or they find hope to get through really hard situations. Um, they're reminded that there's something bigger than what we're walking through. Um, I think for me, the biggest shift came when I understood that 
God's biggest desire and role and goal is not to fix the broken things in my life here. Um, this is such a, a fog, you know, a mist. It's here, it's gone, our time here. We're talking about a God who thinks in terms of eternity. And so I think the biggest shift happened for me when I realized that God's biggest goal and aim is to fix my broken relationship with him. And he did that through Jesus. Very well said, Melanie. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I want to make sure I'm not cutting you off. Is there anything else, any other part of your story you wanted to share? No, I mean, there's a lot more of my story and I'll often share it at churches and stuff. I mean, I, um, I bumped into Jesus through, um, at a young age, being single, having a crisis pregnancy. And I have a son that I placed for adoption, but it was through that whole process that I discovered a God who loves us no matter what, even when people throw us away. And so I love to share that story at churches and yeah, and that. Well, you bring that up at the very end of this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, Melanie, I want to know so much more. I have so many questions. Um, and I'm not going to let you go until I ask this question. Have you yeah. made any contact with him or do you know where he is? Or is it a, I don't even remember what that's called, but like completely it was, cut it off. It was a semi-open adoption. I met the, I met the family. I met the parents. It's just unbelievable. Um, it is, I, this is the thing that like haunts me right now because I am burning to meet him and to know him. Um, I wrote a letter to him when, when I placed him for adoption. And in the letter, I, I shared that I, I would forever want to know the man that he grew into the life that he's led. I'm ready to meet him at any time, but I made him the promise that I would not seek him out because I didn't want to walk into his life when he wasn't ready for it, that I would wait for him. And now I'm like, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> so someday it's still my prayer that that I'll get a chance to meet him. Oh, my gosh. You are like wrecking me right <laughs> It's a good thing she has the mic cover in her face. <laughs> Just put this right over my eyes. Wow, that's incredible. Oh my gosh, what a great story, Melanie. I We're going to have to have you back on just so you can tell that part of your story as well. I'm sure you have so many stories that you could be telling right now, but thank you for taking the time to come on tonight. Yeah, I, I you you guys both mean a lot to me. And so Aww. thank you so much. Yeah, we met Melanie when Nathan and I both started our radio journey here in KC. Mm -hmm. And Melanie has kind of been a mentor to us. And we've gotten to come and hang out in the studio. And they've got the coolest mic arms that light up when Dude. you're on air. Yeah, so that's a that's a I weird. Love, I love nothing, nothing more than watching people get passionate about and fall in love with and and follow a journey into radio. There's not enough of them. So if you're watching this and you're a kid, I would love to show you around and get you in if you want to get in. <laughs> now, there is some questions for you. Do you have time to answer a couple questions? Yeah. OK, the first one I have is Melanie. Are you drinking coffee or hot tea or hot cocoa? <laughs> This is a hot chai tea latte my daughter made for me so I can oh, go through Oh, fancy. Feeling comforted. Wow. Yeah. You guys get the, like, the pre-mix? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do have it. a frother, so I get a little froth on top. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard said he needed this tonight. Oh. Meet and needs. Yeah, and if anybody else has any questions, Melanie's going to hang out just for a couple more minutes and and answer questions. 
I don't see. I'm trying to scroll back through all of our comments, but I'm not seeing any more questions on here. Melanie, what room of your house are you in right now? <laughs> I am in my master bedroom. I have three teenagers in the house, so this is my safest place. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a couch. It looks like you have. It looks like a living no, room. Here, let me let me grab. It looks like a living. This is this is actually a little my little reading corner and my little prayer corner. Uh, can I? Can you see it? It's, it's just a little chair. It doesn't see. have arms on it. Whoa! My little little table there with just. Yeah, I ha again, I have three teenagers, so I need I need a place where I can go and just read and count to 10. <laughs> your hideaway. 50. <laughs> Melanie, are you still going into the studio right now during the pandemic? I am, yes. Um, we we have a morning team, and we um, stayed on opposite sides of the counter going in, um, and we were the only ones that would go in and would go in and do it live. I have the ability to do my show from my house, but my co-host does not yet. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a lot of fancy tricks if we were going to do that. And thankfully, we never felt the need to. Um, but I do. we do the show, and then we both leave and go home. So. Gotcha. Well, Melanie. schooling and working from home like most moms. Yeah. Just going to throw this out there. If you ever, for whatever reason, need somebody to do a show from home, <laughs> I happen to own equipment. We happen to have that ability. So. I may actually be looking for a tracker. Let's talk. Yeah, listen, you know, the heavy traffic, you can't make it into the studio. TJ can't do it from home or whatever. I'm just saying. We got some amazing equipment this week. Well, we got it last week, which is why we didn't live stream on Friday, because we got this cool thing called the Roadcaster Pro that is everything in one. And um, our computer didn't like the inputs and outputs it was giving it and uh, decided it didn't want to let us do anything. Yeah, it was being real wacky. I, I will say, in all honesty, the one thing that I do miss between secular... And Christian radio is, I do miss the uh, extra money. The endorsements? <laughs> they get all the cool things. It's insane. Oh, Melanie, another question here for you from Rebecca. Um, what is your favorite downtime activity? Oh, gosh. Just uh, being with my kids. We have actually um, become a pretty fierce badminton uh, oh. tournament every night in the backyard. Um, during the quarantine, and I found online through Amazon light up birdies or shuttlecocks. And so we wait till it's dark and we have a blast. That sounds like so much fun. It sounds a little dangerous. No, yeah. it's just badminton in the backyard. Oh, right. Yeah, we, uh, but we, we had the last day of school today, and it really hit me hard that as of next year, my oldest will be a senior <gasps> and my youngest will be a freshman. Oh my so gosh. At this point, my activities are spending as much time as they'll let me spend. <laughs> Melanie, you're on your way out. Like, you're at the <laughs> end. Well, no, no, like you're on your way out of like having to raise kids at home. Right, right. Not like on your way out. Like, <laughs> she's not elderly. Gosh dang, Rebecca is unleashed. Over. Women aren't worth anything once they oh raise my the kids. Gosh. <laughs> No, my youngest is a freshman. Well, she just finished her freshman year, so she's going to be a sophomore. And, like, you know, we're kind of in the same stage where we're at the end of the whole, like, kids at home school thing. And I'm really like, excited about it. school, it just goes. It does. Uh, for it you, does. not for the kid. Trust me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This whole <laughs> homeschool thing was such a challenge. And 
I say it was a challenge, but I didn't help at all. My husband was totally committed to helping my daughter. And like today, I was like celebrating with him. Like, aren't you so glad you don't have to do that day in and day out anymore? It was it was hard to work full time and, and do that. Yeah, I will say I'm, I'm a single mom, which is another story. And so, yeah, balancing it all was crazy. So we were going to have a huge celebration today. And we got in the car to go enjoy some nice KC Betty Ray's ice cream. We got there and they were closed still. <laughs> no, no, that's awful. So rain check on that. Yes. Oh, there's this um, ice cream place in Olathe, um, Sy- Silas and Maddie's. Yeah, on 109. Yes. Well, I don't know if it's open, but I moved to Lansing Leavenworth about six months ago, something like that. And that's one of the places I was like sad to move away from. But I went on a little adventure drive last night and they are getting ready to open one up here in Leavenworth. See, you you need to just come down and make a date because I don't see you anymore now that you're way up there. I know. Yeah, and since I don't have to drive into work, there's no reason for me to go anywhere right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. It's just painting our walls. <laughs> just painting my walls, yes. All right, Jay West says that um, dinner's ready. Tacos. Ooh, black bean tacos. Oh. Yeah. Don't well, for me, are, are you... Oh, he said... <gasps> He said they were out of hamburger meat at Walmart. So, yeah, we're having oh. veggie tacos tonight. Oh. That includes you too, Nathan. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Melody, thank you so yeah. much for joining Tell us. Tell West we enjoyed having him on the air at the station too. He did He did a fantastic job. Good. He likes being on air. Like sometimes I fear he'll just take my job. <laughs> or mine. Hey, listen. <laughs> All right, and Nathan. The husband wife thing's a big thing in radio now. Is it really? That seems really dangerous. Because, like, if I don't like Nathan, I can just leave. It's true. <laughs> I think about that a lot, actually. <laughs> all right, Nathan, you ready to take us out? Yep. I'm not going to play the music bed because it gets all laggy. Yeah, okay. So we'll just put that in post. But, Melanie, thank you again for being on our show. It was great hearing your story and, and your testimony thrown in that as well i'd love to hear the the rest of the story that you kind of gave us a tease so rudely <laughs> at the end but uh, you got volume one tonight right volume exactly one. we'll have to uh, have the continuation at a later date but thank you again for being here we appreciate it and uh we appreciate all the knowledge you've bestowed upon me and rebecca through the years yes and thank you for everybody who tuned in on live stream and who will be watching and listening to this at a later time yep all right with that all being said thank you for listening to the podcast my name is nathan and i'm rebecca we out oh and in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night